It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Alrighty, welcome back to the Celtics Lab Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tempestine. I'm joined by Dr. Justin Quinn. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network and BetterHelp. You deserve to be happy. There are five or six games left on the regular season. It's Thursday, so the Celtics are playing the Bucks tonight. Uh, the seeding question is very much so up in the air. And we're going to welcome in Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire to talk about that and a game between the Sixers and the Celtics next week. Kai, how are you? What's going on, guys? How are you? Chilling. Good. I'm ready for the regular season to be done. Uh, Aren't we uh, all? Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people are. You know, I think a lot of people are just really anxious for the playoffs to start. Kind of see who's who's real, who's not. I think we all have an idea of who's a contender, who's a pretender, and you know, let's just kind of get get into the playoffs and you know, like, like let's just get this let's just get this going. That's just kind of how I was feeling. This is the first season I, I've never really been a advocate for shortening the season i mean i get all the arguments i've just never been that persuaded by them this is the first time where i'm like yep it's too long that's just, it's categorically too much <laughs> 10 games less man make it happen i think i think we'd be good with 72 games in all honesty yeah uh i don't know off-season pod topic i suppose but certainly we're all ready for the postseason but we don't know what the seating is going to look like and um let me let me try to do this off the jump but some in fact Fact check me if if they need to. Milwaukee's up three games over Boston for the the one seed, and the Sixers are five games back. The Celtics will Cleveland play the Bucks seven and, a half. and Cleveland seven and a half. The Bucks and Celtics will play tonight. Uh, most people will listen to this after that game, I assume. The Celtics, oh, the Bucks and the Sixers will play on Sunday, and then the Celtics and Sixers will play on Tuesday, um, and then they all have a few more games, some of which are difficult, some of which are not. So. The seeding could move around, but Kai, it looked like the Sixers were going to make a run for that two seed and maybe even the one seed, and it looks like maybe they've fallen back a little bit. Talk to us about what the Sixers have been up to for the past like six weeks or so. Well, I mean, it's, it's pretty well documented. You know, they kind of had this crazy – they just got off this crazy stretch where they played seven of eight games on the road, which I think is absolutely insane just in terms of just like scheduling and just like that. That's kind of nuts. So it was weird. Um, they, they, they came home. Um, for two games and then they went out on the road for three came home for one just to go back out on the road for four um and, and three of those were out on the west coast too so it was just absolutely insane and you know they were on a three-game losing skid and you know cam you kind of mentioned it they were kind of making that push for the number two seed they had a really good opportunity but and then james harden missed their win over the chicago bulls on march 22nd and he then missed their three losses to the golden state warriors phoenix suns and the denver nuggets and then he returned uh, on Wednesday, March 29th, to knock in their win over the Dallas Mavericks. So, uh, I mean, listen, James, this is where a lot of people really need to kind of maybe pump the brakes on any Sixers contender talk. James revealed last night his Achilles has been bothering him for months. Like, this isn't something that just randomly popped up. This is something that has been bothering him for months. Now, to be fair, he has been playing excellent basketball. He's been leading the league in assists. 
he's he's understanding he's no longer James Harden, the the superstar, James Harden, the ruthless scorer. He understands he's now James Harden, the number two. You know, he's this is Joel Embiid's team, and I feel like James Harden deserves a ton of credit for uh, taking that step back. But if this Achilles is something that's been bothering him for months, and really he didn't look good all that great in the win over Dallas, um, you know, he shot four for 14. He looked okay in the fourth quarter, actually. I think that was his best quarter, but he was terrible for three quarters. He was awful in the game. He actually played on March 20th against Chicago. He shot two for 14 in a double overtime loss. So if he's going into the playoffs with this Achilles injury that he claims has been bothering him for months, that he, he's going to look like last year's Harden, where he's not going to be able to get to the basket or make a play for anybody. What about his uh, Embiid's calf? I know he's also been dealing with some some injury issues. Is, is like he's been playing a lot of minutes, like really powering this team more than anyone else, uh, carrying that kind of load for somebody who's had some injury issues late in the season previously. Like, how's he doing? Yeah, like that. That's another one, right? I mean, Joel dealing with this calf issue which he began – he he felt that injury March 22nd against the Bulls to kick off this recent four-game road trip. He didn't play in the second half of that game. Now, the Sixers will say that Joel could have played in that game if Philadelphia wasn't, you know, kick, kicking the crap out of the Bulls that night. And who knows? Maybe he could have. Because, um, I mean, remember, he did play against the Warriors and the Suns. The two He played in both the back-to-backs that night. But then he sits out the Denver Nuggets game, and that sparks a bunch of controversy just because Joel versus Jokic, which I totally understand because it's kind of a bad look when uh, you're you're sitting out against you know the guy you finished up as the runner up to MVP the last two years. So um, I mean, listen, he said on Wednesday after the win that the the cap is good enough for him to play. Uh, I'm going to assume that the Sixers will sit him out at least half of these six games. I'm going to assume he plays against the Bucks on Sunday. I'm also going to assume he plays against the Celtics on Tuesday, just, just because there is a there is technically a chance the Sixers could surpass Boston. They're only two games back of the Seas with six games left. And, I would um, say it's more than a chance based on what I've been seeing lately, but that's a whole other conversation we don't need to have right now. <laughs> I, honestly, I just feel like Boston doesn't care about the regular season. They're at a point where it's just like, dude, we know who we are. We're going to go into the postseason. We're going to kick everybody's ass. Like, that's kind of like where I see the Celtics at. But, you know, like the Sixers are kind of at a point where, like, going into this, going into these playoffs, right? I think Milwaukee and Boston are like in their total, like, their own class in the Eastern Conference. The Sixers are in their own, they're in their, they're like tier two by themselves. And then it's the rest of the Eastern Conference playoff teams. But, the gap between Milwaukee and Boston and then Philadelphia to me is a wide one. So like, like honestly, I think the Celtics and the Bucks are, are they're going to be your Eastern conference finals matchup. Um, and then at that point, it's going to be a bloodbath to see who makes the finals. It feels like your, uh, if healthy is our, if locked in. Yeah, yeah. but you can, you can easily lock in though. You you can, you can just easily lock in for, because I've, you've seen it in the past. The biggest example, you know, that I, that I randomly think of all the time, there are two examples. One was the LeBron Wade Bosch Miami Heat when I think during the regular season, Brooklyn. Do you guys remember the, the, the Brooklyn Nets teams with Kevin Garnett, Paul okay. Pierce and um, Darren Williams? They would kick the crap out of the Heat in the regular season. Yeah. And then the Heat would kick the crap out of them in the playoffs and it wouldn't even be close because the Heat just they locked in. 
Now, granted, we're talking but about those teams won championships, and this team has sure, not sure, the, like this Celtics team hasn't, but the fact that they've been there, done that though, and like they they've been to the finals. Um, we're talking about Jason Tatum. We're talking about Jalen Brown. Um, I don't know Jalen Brown has been in the news in Boston recently for the wrong reasons, well, at least for Celtic fans. But um, Al Horford, I mean, like, listen, I, if it's Sixers Celtics in round two, man, I got season five. Like, 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 I mean, like, like that. That's why uh, maybe six, just because how great Joel is. But I mean, like, like that's how I kind of view the gap between the Sixers and then Milwaukee and Boston. I just, as I feel like it's such a wide gap at this moment in time. That's, I have a bunch of questions that you just uh, presented for me, but let me start with this one. Um, Last week, I said something to that effect that, look, if Harden and Embiid are playing as well as they can, who's the third guy that makes you shake in your boots? And I don't have an answer to that. So let me pose that to you, Kai. Imagine it's Celtics uh Sixers because it's the Celtics Live podcast, but it could be Sixers Bucks in the second round. And Embiid and Harden are indeed playing as good as they can. I suspect you're right that still Milwaukee and Boston <clears throat> has just like too much talent for uh Philly to handle. But who is uh an example of a third guy that if they're playing as good as they can possibly play, maybe the Sixers have enough juice to make a series? Like who are you considering X factors or the guys who have to step up or whatever like sports radio twist you want to put on it who are the the guys who make the difference for philly well tyrese maxi and tobias harris and you know i think maxi has actually been struggling against the celtics in all three of these matchups you know so far and, and it's because tyrese for as quick as he is for as brash as he is bold he's got no move when mm-hmm. he, to get to the basket he's got no moves it's either a straight shot or or he's gonna do the pull up like that's all he's got yeah. So there is no dribble move. There, there is no quick, you know, anything like that. And that, that, that's not going to get past Marcus Smart. It, it, it's just not. And even Jalen Brown, you're, you're, you're not going to get past these guys like just, just all straight off your quickness because we're talking about two damn good defenders. Um, then there's Tobias Harris, who I mean, hell, you have no idea what what the hell you're going to get out of him every single night. It's and, and you know Tobias is Tobias has done a really good job this year as a spot up three point shooter, so he deserves a lot of credit for that. Kind of adjusting his role from like having to do everything for the Sixers, and now he's more just a spot up guy. But if you look at his playoff numbers, they're they are nowhere near his regular season numbers. Um, you, you know he's been he had that one playoff run when he was with the Pistons. Now they got swept by Cleveland, so that's one of those things where it's like, all right. I mean, he was on a okay Detroit team against the freaking defending champion uh, Cavaliers, <laughs> um, but his playoff runs with Philadelphia even have not been good. They, like, like they haven't yeah. been up to his regular season numbers, and that that's a concern. Then you look at the bench units. The Celtics are going to go to Malcolm Brogdon. They're going to go to Derek White. They're going to go to Grant Williams. They're going to go to. Uh, Help me out, Luke Cornett, who I think is the oh, goat, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then Mike Muscala, even who I think Muscala is a guy you can count on too as well. With the Sixers, I feel like when you go to the bench, you can count on DeAnthony Melton, but uh, I think George Niang. If Niang is hitting threes, you can't play him because he's not the greatest defender in the world. I, I will give him credit; he has improved def- as defensively this year. You can see it; his feet are moving faster. He is. Um, he, he's better with his hands, but 
It's just like you could just see it. Like even even Wednesday against the Dallas Mavericks, he had so many defensive mistakes that allowed you know Kyrie Irving to get off and and allowed uh, Josh Green to get off and and Luca victimized them, which Luca victimizes everybody. But I mean George like Niang is to me if he's not making threes, he's not going to be much of a factor out there. While the Celtics, you have so many guys that you can turn to, so many guys to just turn to, and I feel like that's going to be a huge difference in a Sixers Celtics series. Also, Paul Reed, as much as the entire Philadelphia area loves Paul Reed and, um, you know, when he plays a, a, you know, a good, really, really good team like the Celtics, you kind of can't really use him because he he gets into foul trouble too much. And then there's PJ Tucker, who I think PJ will make a few plays. I mean, you guys are familiar with him in the Eastern conference finals last year against uh, the Miami heat. I feel like PJ will make a difference but it will be a little difference. It's not going to be like a um, like a wow. PJ swung the series. It's going to be like wow. P- PJ made a couple plays here and there. He is thirty seven, and, and I feel like a lot of people do kind of kind of remember that. And he's also six foot five. You know, he's he's not not tall. And uh, th- like I feel like that that's like that that's going to play a, a factor uh, in this one as well. And I suspect Doc Rivers, being Doc Rivers, will play PJ because he likes veterans. I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and PJ will play the five. Like there are going to be yeah. some stretches where PJ will be the backup five to Joel. Um, so it's it's, it's going to be interesting. You know, if the season ended today, I think they'll play Brooklyn round one, which uh, you know they'll blow through Brooklyn, um, in mm-hmm. five games. Uh, but they better <laughs> exactly. But you know, uh, the, the, those guards will give the Sixers trouble as well. And that, and that and that's another one too, guys. Like I haven't even gotten to the perimeter defensive issue. Like um. You know, James with this Achilles issue, he he was never the greatest defender to begin with. But now he's you got he's got to guard Jason Tatum and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown and Derek White, and Malcolm Brogdon with with a bad Achilles and Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Maxey is a good ball pressure defender where he's going to get up into you full court. But the minute you get past him half court, he's not a good defender at all. So, mm-hmm. you know, like like there there's always. Like there, there's always going to be different factors in this one. So uh, I'm going to take off my sports radio hat and put on my daytime television hat and ask a question with a silly frame. Um, but it, it's born out of kind of an interview that Embiid recently gave where he kind of, I think it was with The Athletic, correct me if I'm wrong, but he kind of pushed back on this idea that there's expectations on him. Um, Kai, I'll ask you to summarize a little bit uh, more succinctly, but basically he said, look, there's other guys in the league with, more accolades to their name they should be under more pressure than me um so kai i want to ask you and then justin i'll ask you on balance about the celtics what is the state of expectations for the individuals and for the players in the sixers locker room like that they're holding themselves accountable to and then justin uh same i'll ask you to do the same for boston if if i think jj reddick said it on espn's first take the other day if they don't make at least the eastern conference finals there's going to be sweeping changes mm-hmm. that like, like in this organization, sweeping changes. Think about it. You, you're Daryl Morey. And this entire off season was all about getting tougher and, you know, uh, getting playoff guys that you can play like in the postseason, guys that you can rely on in bigger moments. Right. And if you fall in the second round for the fifth time in six years, yeah, something's got to change. Something's got to change. And the one constant has been Joel Embiid. 
He's been yeah. – they have changed everything around him, from Brett Brown, the coach, to Doc Rivers. Ben Simmons is gone. It's now James Harden. Um, I mean, I guess Tobias Harris has been there. This will be his fifth playoff run uh, with the Sixers. But um, – and, and it's just like – I think J.J. Reddick said the other day, like, yo, there are going to be sweeping changes in this organization if you don't get past round two, which – um, I mean, I, I, as you guys know, I don't think they do get past round two, whether they play Boston or Milwaukee. Uh, I, I don't think they're good enough. I don't think they're deep enough. I don't think they're – I don't really just don't think they're on the same level as the Celtics or the Bucks. So let me uh, – I'll swing it back to Justin in a second. Um, but just for fun and for shock value, uh, what is the likelihood that the following people are with the Sixers next season? First, James Harden. Listen, where there's smoke, there's fire. Like I, I, I am, I, I am not going to like dismiss those Houston Rockets rumors. I'm not, and I know a lot of people are. Why would you go back to Houston? The Rockets are terrible, because Houston's home. Houston yeah. is home. There's familiarity. There's, you know, the possibility to be the man. You know, he's good. He's cool with Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. and the rest of those guys on that Rocket roster. Um, so. I really do believe that there's a very strong chance that James Harden leaves this offseason. I think there's a strong chance. I'm not going to, you know, sit here and be like, oh, yeah, James is coming back next year. No, I think there's a, um, like, like, I really think there's a 50-50 chance that that he leaves. Like, like I'm not going to sit here and, you know, say he's he's back next year for sure. Um, end up with Victor Wembanyama. I, I don't see how he would stay in Philadelphia just to see what he can do over there. Right. And, I mean, oh, that's right. That's cool. Right, the Rockets get the number one pick, and Harden just can just throw him lobs like the way you know he's been able to do it with Clint Capella, even like during his initial Rocket stint. So, uh, listen, where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, I'm like I, he he can dismiss these rumors all he wants, but um, yeah, I mean, I mean uh, the the Christmas Day thing. Ever since Christmas Day, it's been crazy. So, okay, I got two more, and there's nothing better about the NBA than before the season's playoffs. Are already talking about next season. That's oh, I know, right? <laughs> um. Okay, same question. Uh, obviously, Doc Rivers. Uh, Doc. Now, see, I think I think Doc is a better coach than what he gets credit for. I like. I feel like this entire city of Philadelphia just makes him out to be a, a villain for some weird reason. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like uh, his rotations are definitely strange, and I understand the, the lack of adjustments. I get it, but Doc has kind of you know navigated through a lot of craziness. Like 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 last year, I feel like he should have gotten more um, uh, coach of the year, you know, notoriety for last year. Like I don't think he should have won coach of the year, but I feel like he should have gotten some votes. That's because that Ben Simmons thing was absolutely insane last year, and they were I think like the number three seed going into the All Star break, and then Harden and everything, and then they were the number one seed I think going into April. Like it was mm-hmm. it was pretty crazy last year. So uh, I think. I think Doc's been doing great. With that being said, they lose round two again. This will be the third straight year. They, you, you'd have to look at Doc and be like, "All right, man, like you know, we we, we got to move on from you too." Like, I, like can't fire be- the players. Yeah, yeah, right, right. You can't fire the players, unfortunately, and, and it always comes down to the coach. So again, I think that goes back to what I was saying: the JJ Redick thing, sweeping changes if, if they get a, if they don't get out of round two. All right, then last one quickly, and we'll do an ad break. Um, speaking of sweeping changes. Do you think there's any chance Embiid isn't on the team this time next year? Uh, no, no, no. I, I think 
I think he's back next year for sure. This is they, they don't go anywhere uh, without Joel Embiid, and um, you, you know I, I think I think he'll definitely be back next year. But will it be the same supporting cast? Will it be the same coach again? I'm not. I'm not. I don't think so. All right. Well, good enough segue to talk about our first sponsor, FanDuel. Massachusetts, listen up. The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is now live in Massachusetts. And new customers in Mass can get in on the action with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Boston. Finally, you can bet on all your favorite sports from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. I think probably one of the most interesting things to wager on right now would be the MVP race. Um, Kai, I do want to ask you about that next. Um, But just quickly at a glance, we'll come back to that conversation do you think Embiid wins the MVP? Um, I feel like he should win MVP. I feel like he should have won it last year. Um, but the fact that Jokic ended up winning last year and the fact that Jokic will probably win this year, it, I'm not up in arms about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like both guys deserve it. Um, but I would probably, I would probably lean more towards Joel just because of leading the league in scoring again. Um, throwing the Sixers on his back, being as dominant defensively as he as he has been. So yeah, I would probably lean. I would definitely lean towards Joe. But if Joker does win, um, again, it's understandable. Like I'm not going to sit here and like like make write a hit piece like that about about the NBA voters and things like that. I'm not going to be up in arms about it. So well, I mean, listen. Um, I would encourage you to go to FanDuel.com/slash/Boston and check out the lines to see. Uh, where the MVP race is today. And if you have an inkling, you can use an app that's safe and secure and super easy to use. So don't miss your chance to get 200 free dollars in bonus bets. Win or lose, visit fanduel.com slash Boston and make every moment more on America's number one sports book. You must be 21 and older and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit is required. Bonuses issued as a non-withdrawable bonus bet that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Hope is here. Gambling help. Uh, helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Dr. Quinn, just quickly um, on the conversation around expectations, where do you think the Celtics land on that? Um, I think if the thing we were all worried about as Celtics fans, we don't need to get into it too much, but if the worst happens, if bad habits lead to an early exit, uh, I think anything before the Eastern Conference Finals is will be considered an early exit. We could see some substantial changes made to this roster. Uh, without going too far into that, uh, I think that realistic expectations are to get back to the Eastern Conference Finals and hopefully make the finals. I don't think the same kind of pressure that we're talking about for Embiid, for example, exists uh, this season for Jason Tatum, for Jalen Brown. I think the thing for them is to show that they can be consistent in the way that everyone is irked about them not being recently. And there's a very good chance that like the things we're worried about uh, when it does come, what, what Kai has been talking about is exactly what's go- what we're going to see on the court. They will be more consistent, hopefully. Uh, I don't think that really anybody is in danger of being moved if we're going to keep going down the same kind of line we were with the Sixers, other than maybe Jalen, if there is a very disastrous end to this playoffs. That's something to keep an eye on. But other than that, you know, you might see Grant 
move on if he you know, mm-hmm. complains his way into losing a game, something like that. Cool. And we've talked about the Jalen thing. We'll talk about it again. So, Kai, uh, we'll get you out of here in just a moment because you're a busy man. Uh, you don't just do Sixers wires. You do radio. You do all sorts of stuff. Um, but let's end on the MVP thing because I think it's top of mind for a lot of people. Um, I kind of my read on it has been in the past three or four years, Giannis, Jokic, or Embiid could have won it in any given year. Kind of right. pick your favorite. And so this sort of feels, I don't mean to be reductive, but like a lifetime achievement award from Embiid. Uh, that it seems like the stars are aligning. He's going to win it, and he could have won it any of the past four years. So I'm not particularly sore about it either. Can you talk to us about the campaign that's going on in Philadelphia to kind of make sure this happens? Uh, I feel like it's just, it's kind of been mostly – I mean, Doc has always said that he thinks Joel should win it, which obviously that's his coach. So, he, like, of course he's going to say that. But he said – he also said that we should be celebrating these guys, though. Like, I, there was so much talent. There was so much talent around the league between Joel, Jokic, Tatum, Giannis, uh, LeBron, AD. Like the fact, like you look around the NBA, man, and it's just like the talent is just insanely, insanely good. And I feel like that's what we should be focusing on rather than tearing a guy down just to prop up another guy. And I feel like the MVP conversation has gotten so toxic that I'd rather not even talk about it anymore because it, it's just like, it's not even fun anymore. Like this is the most least fun MVP debate for me because of the fact that just these guys are like the fact that, you know, like there there's, it's been like mudslinging, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. And it's, and it's kind of terrible to me. And I mean, listen, it is what it is. I guess that's just the way the world works, but it sucks. And like, I would just, I would rather not be a part of it. I don't even engage that kind of media at this point i'm i'm so tired of it as well and i just try to focus as we have been on what it is that's driving their candidacy uh because as we've been saying it could be any of these three guys honestly like the narrative does seem like it's lining up for joel but a ridiculously strong finish from Giannis or Jokic could really steal away back again so at this point i'm just like holding my breath and waiting to see what comes up when people actually vote Right. Just because it's relevant to Boston, uh, last question, 30 seconds or less. Any chance Harden wins an All-NBA slot? Oh, I I don't know. Um, Again, though, I think that that just goes back to the point I was just making. There's so much talent in this league that, like, like, (laughs) you got to come up with 15 guys, but you could probably make a case for 25 guys. So um, I'm not sure if if Harden makes an All-NBA team, especially because of how – uh, rough he, he has been over the last like two weeks between the Achilles injury and then the two games he has played he hasn't looked good at all um, but the fact that he he is leading the league in assists and the fact that he um, is shooting the ball efficiently outside of these last two games um, I, I feel like he might get a look for an all-NBA third team but uh, with that being said I I I, I don't think that he'll he'll make it just because of all the, the the other worthy candidates you know in this league. Fair enough. All right, Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, we'll let you go because we got to go do radio. Um, but uh, there's a good chance we'll bring you back sometime soon because uh, the postseason looms large. Listen, and and, and if it's Sixers Celtics uh, in in the playoffs, Cam, I will see you in Boston, and you know Ooh, we'll, yeah. we'll uh, maybe we could do it in person. Yeah, love that. Love that. Hey, there's plenty of room at this table. 
literally. Um, so long as you're not allergic to cats, because there's cats everywhere in this house. Absolutely not. I have I have one of my own. So. Oh great! We've been talking about a cat-centric Celtics lab episode in the off season, so we'll, we'll bring you back for that too. Perfect. <laughs> All right, Kai. Good to see you. Thanks, guys. Best Thanks so luck. much. Talk to you later. We'll talk soon. All right, we're going to pause the action and talk about our friends over at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is an online service that connects you with therapists wherever you might be and can help you with whatever you might need. That might be sorting through some problems, sorting through some feelings, that might be working towards a better version of yourself. We talked about this last week on the podcast. The pop culture version of therapy sometimes misses all of the different opportunities it allows for. Um, And... There's all sorts of reasons why you might want to talk to a specialist and BetterHelp kind of helps you connect with those people in a, in a really easy way, a really flexible way. Um, so we're big fans of the BetterHelp service here at the Celtics Lab podcast. We're big supporters of what they offer to their constituents. And importantly, it's convenient, it's flexible, and it's suited to user schedules. You just fill out a questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And importantly, you can switch at any time at no additional cost. So check out BetterHelp today. Go to betterhelp.com slash seltlab. Get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash seltlab. Okay, back to the action. Um, You hyperbolically, but I, I don't know. I ran with it. I kind of liked it. You said that loss to the Wizards might have been the loss of the decade. Tell us, tell us all about that. Hyperbole, but... Yeah. It really describes uh, an emotion that, you know, for a little a hot second after I wrote the uh, the recap for that, I, I really did feel like maybe I was, you know, getting caught up in emotions, but it's not the game that bothers yeah. me. It's not the game that got under my skin. It's really not even at this point uh, the whole covenant between fan and team. So let me explain what I mean by that. There is a basic expectation, at least in Boston, that it doesn't matter. I mean, it does matter if you're good, but that's, you know, like if you are not talented as a person, that's not your in your control. Yeah. But what is in your control is how hard you play, right? And if yeah. they don't care during the regular season, that's fine. But we've seen the similar problems manifesting themselves that have manifested for years and prevented them from breaking through to where do they want to go to. So they need to make a decision on whether or not consistency and good habits matter. And maybe they don't. Maybe they really can, as Kai was saying earlier, flip a switch. But I'm of the mind, and I think a lot of people are, that until you install that switch by showing you can win the finals, there is no switch to flip. So yeah, where I was at. I think I've used this ism before where... Tom Brady used to talk about the Super Bowl being such a long journey that experience really matters. And I feel that way about the postseason insofar as it's a second, it's basically a second season and having been there is really helpful for understanding how to navigate it. But it just feels naive to suggest that the Celtics are uh, wise and sage enough to be there. The Warriors are. That's why no one has counted out the Warriors at all this season. Yeah. Just We have every reason to believe that those are people who not only have won titles but have been to the playoffs as older players like the celtics have been jason and jalen in particular have been to however many eastern conference finals but a lot of them have been kind of fluky that 
Terry Rozier got him there. I, I mean, I don't want to take away from their own individual contributions, but uh, this iteration of this team has been on two deep playoff runs, maybe three. Um, and really, it's not guaranteed that they can just turn it on. It's a new coach, new major pieces, um, new players trying new things. Uh, so I do, first of all, I didn't want to cut to Kai's time, but I do think that that's a trap for the Celtics is the suggestion that they can get punched in the jaw again and again and again and just the Washington walk away from Wizards it. punched them in the jaw and they couldn't recover from it. Yeah, maybe it was one of those nights, but what have we seen to show us that if the Phoenix Suns or the Golden State Warriors punched them in the jaw, that they are not going to just fold like a wet cardboard box? Yeah, and it's interesting. It, it goes back to Missoula's shtick and, and Tatum kind of falls into this too where they don't tip their hand on anything. And so the post-game commentary isn't helpful if you're a concerned fan. The, it was just another game. I, I I appreciated Tatum's point. Basically, he said, what, a loss in December is not the same as a loss in March. And I get his point, and, and I fundamentally do agree, and I know that he is a little reserved in his uh, explanation of games, unless really provoked. But it, it feels a little unfair to fans who are worried about their favorite team to not really offer more in the way of an explanation um or I traffic am... traffic really anyway yeah. i i just i don't know i go back and forth i mean i'm not worried about the team yet Although, I believe, don't, don't get me wrong like i believe that they can beat any team in the nba yeah. this season for the title but they have to play like they played in the beginning of the season, which they have shown very little signs of being able to do consistently. Yeah, I mean, the the whole winning isn't everything, but playing like you want to is, it, it's really easy for us to say, oh, they didn't want to win. Of course they wanted to win. Um, they might've been less engaged and their, their, the choices the coach made might've been confusing. I don't want to say that their heart's not in it, but I don't think that they're as dialed in as uh, the postseason. And I don't know, there's something about it being an entertainment product that, kind of irks me like when i have students ask me about it it's like all right they're just children they don't really understand what's going on no offense to them <laughs> i don't need to belittle them too much um but there's something disheartening if you're not a you know hyper-focused fan or a really knowledgeable fan to just see your team lay an egg like that that i don't know there's something about the the to use your term the covenant between fan and entertainer that there's something feels off the, the way that we not just the Celtics but like the way that we have built the regular season and the way it's that we're long. allowed to talk about it well it's there's that long. yeah and, and like that yeah that's that's true but again they have a very specific problem that they have explicitly acknowledged was the reason they did not win the finals and when it comes to the moment in the regular season where yeah maybe it is long but again Tatum you know the team playing well at the end of the season is a team that usually does well in the playoffs they know all these things, and yet they still trot out this, like, we are clearly not trying. It wasn't even that they were playing bad and things weren't going in. Like, we can get pissed off about bad Mozilla ball and whatnot, but when that happens, yeah, there's things to criticize. But this was especially egregious because it was very, very clear that not only did they not have it, they did not care to try to have it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Monday night, Washington, D.C. nightlife is undefeated. Um, same, same, but different. And this is more important than basketball and is a fun, exciting pivot. Uh, Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, and Malcolm Brogdon visited the White House to talk about criminal justice reform. And first of all, they looked great. Not the point, but they looked great. 
And second of all, that makes us happy at the Celtics South podcast. Yes. We don't need to pontificate, but that's way more interesting than a regular season loss to the Washington Wizards. So I don't know. Maybe the Celtics were distracted and that trip to DC was about other things and not about taking care of business against the lonely Wizards, but a team that like maybe they could face in the postseason, possibly. Are the Wizards out of the plan at this point? I don't think they're out of it. Uh, I haven't checked the standings recently. They were they were within striking distance, but uh, I don't expect them. They are two games play. out. Yeah. yeah. So let's close with that. There's a lot of regular season left to play, but let's say the Celtics are locked into the one or two seed. That seems more likely. I don't know. Um, they could they could be. They the could seed. conceivably end up in a three six matchup with the Miami Heat. Let's not even think about that. If or that doesn't give you Nets. some motivation, y'all. Uh, I can't help you. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, they're going to face one of the following teams in the first round. Probably not, but maybe New York. Probably not, but maybe New York. More likely. Brooklyn or Miami, or realistically, Atlanta, Toronto, or Chicago. Those are real teams. Uh, going back to there's a lot of depth in the NBA right now. All of those teams have players that could play like the best player on the court for seven games. And that's usually the winning formula in the postseason. Um, okay, so I guess we're a little worried about the Celtics, it sounds like. It's not that they shouldn't and can beat the pants out of all of these teams. It's just that if it's just one of those nights on the first night of the series, you are in deep shit. Yeah. Yeah. Giving up home court to uh, the Miami Heat for example. I mean, the Heat scared the, the pants off of yeah. me. Um, yeah. But Let's I believe this. in them. This is the thing I need to make yeah. clear. I believe they can win. That's why I'm so pissed about what just yeah. happened. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm really leaning on the teacher thing this episode. It's the same thing. Like, I feel more disheartened when a, a more apt student turns in bad work yeah. as opposed to a kid who is struggling to to turn in high-quality stuff and they, they come up short. And that kind of feels like what's happening here is the kid who should be getting straight A's is settling for A-minuses, B-pluses, or Bs. And, man, just reread your work a little bit. I guess. Uh, all right, let's. We can pause. I mean, that that Bucks game will completely change the narrative for better or for worse. Either turn up the heat on what we just said, or we'll or rest over. and rest and rest. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, goodness gracious! I'd like to see them win against the Bucks and the Sixers, but I and also I'm going to uh, one of these games down the stretch as a fan, so I'd like to see them win. But I also wouldn't mind if they rested, and put everyone on ice for the next two weeks because. The seeding doesn't matter nearly as much as the health come... What's the first, like, April 9th-ish? April 11th-ish? Oh, what, for the end of the regular season? I think it's the next. Yeah, we're just, we're just spitballing on details here. Yeah. All right. We're just going to show up. Yeah, let's pause there, and let's thank the following people. Kai Carlin of Sixers Wire, uh, FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network, and BetterHelp. You deserve to be happy. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Like and subscribe. Please make sure you subscribe before Twitter falls apart, because uh, then you'll never see our wonderful, cheeky little posts. Um, and then otherwise, the music you're listening to is Divine Sweater. Go check them out. We'll see you later. Adios.